shell. Just a couple of critics. Opinions. From people who aren't even in the business. Movies. Music. TV. And more? Would you flush it down the toilet? Or buy it from a store? Couple of credits. 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 Welcome to episode two of a couple of critics podcast Halloween special special <laughs> special number two. Welcome to Transylvania. Not really. We're in Indiana. Night two, baby. Night two. Oh. <laughs> Starting <laughs> off strong. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you can take whatever you want out of this episode. Anyway, we're back on our shit, doing our couple of critics Halloween specials reviews. And tonight we have an episode of Family Matters from season eight, episode seven. It is the episode that came out October 25th, 1996, when we were, well, actually you would have been 11. I would have been 10. steve is the episode called Stevel? Stevel is the name of the episode. And let me tell ya. There's a second episode. And I think we should watch the second episode. This episode sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we should watch just for our own enjoyment, not to podcast about no, it? No, like we should have done the episode with Stevel and Carl's bad. Okay, well, how which about Which was we, like the part two. How about we contact the local newspaper to tell him this breaking news. Oh my God. Yes. This episode sucked. And I thought it was going to be the episode that we wanted, which was yeah, the part two of the Steve. Uh, yeah. Cat- Canon. It's, uh, but we watched the first one and uh, I got and we've committed and I'm not watching that fucking thing and not talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we have some things to discuss. This is going to be fun. One thing that I did want to look up, because when, I mean, we first get Urkel with the family right from the get-go, and I wanted to know how old Jaleel White was during this, because (laughs) he was clearly an adult playing a child. Did you find out? Yeah. Can I guess? Yeah. 1996, right? Yes. So we're 11 and 10. We are 11 I'm and 10. I'm going to say Jaleel White at this point is 24 years old. That's that's stretching. He was almost 20. Oh, okay. He was like... Um, oh, that's what I think Steve is. He was less than a month away from 20. I think that's the age of Steve in the series at that time because they're like in college and stuff. Is he? So you think that he's actually playing his age? I think age? he's playing his age, yes. Okay. Well, Steve is not like in high school. Okay, well, it was awkward watching Jaleel White as a nearly 20-year-old man play what seems like a character who is brilliant. I think he said that his IQ is like 196 in this episode. <laughs> yes. But he has the maturity of a four-year-old. Yeah, I was going to say to your point, yes, I think his age uh, physically... 
he lived for 20 years. Steve Urkel did. But he's definitely a childlike character. And you think of him as a boy. It's not like, there's the man Steve Urkel. But yeah, for being such a genius, like when it comes to the maturity of him vocally, of the way that he acts around people, <laughs> of being able to just like contain his excitement in a normal adult fashion, he just he has not hit those levels yet. Does he have like Asperger's? Does Steve have no, I one of those say, weird social anxiety disorders? Because so, he seems to have no problem getting up in people's faces. Okay, so what's one where you're just kind of off? Is that even exist, or is that you're just kind of sure weird? It does <laughs> something something is socially awkward about Steve? He doesn't pick up social cues. He's just like cheese. Mm-hmm, Did I do that? But he still mm-hmm. plows ahead. Oh yeah. I don't know. But we find out from the get up and go from this episode that Steve made an incredibly accurate ventriloquist dummy version of himself. And my God, is Steve, what can't he do other than be a mature man who acts his age? Well, first, I want to bring up the classic TV show intro for Halloween episodes where they're like, this could be scary. Watch out, family members. Love that stuff. Remember the beginning with Steve mm-hmm. talking straight to the camera. But Aww. it brings you know, a point I wanted to bring up what you just said about him being good at everything except for being a normal human adult. And a good ventriloquist, which is the whole um, voc- focal point of this thing is like Steve is incredibly upset that he can't be good at being a ventriloquist unreasonably upset that he's not good at being a ventriloquist on day one he performs for the family and uh no one is impressed well they shouldn't have been his lips were flapping around as uh what's the mom's name in harriet harriet she said you your lips supposed to be flapping around like that (laughs) so what's really odd is that steve steve is living with the Winslow family. And I think I remember hearing that at some point, like, like, Steve had really shitty parents. They were just always gone. But they, like, I mean, it, I think I think I remember that at some point it did get to where he was living with the Winslows. But it doesn't make any sense. If I remember correct, if I remember correctly, correctly uh, Steve's parents were always gone because they, too, are both genius. They, they They're like professors. So they're always abroad doing like professor abroad stuff. And then I think eventually they want to move to another country to base their studies in. And Steve doesn't want to leave the Winslows. So it's like a heartbreaking episode where you're like, oh, no, Steve's going to leave. But still, this entire time, his parents are gone and he's completely unsupervised. Yeah, But he's so smart. He doesn't need to be supervised until he blows things up and sends himself onto rockets. (laughs) <laughs> and threw windows on the kitchen tables. But they had a child that they didn't even want to raise. Like they had the no w- interest in being in that kid's life from the time that he was like 12 or 11 years no, old. No, I agree. It's a sad story. <laughs> and again, with his lack of social cues, would just open up the next door neighbor's house and walk right in like, <laughs> hey, I'm here. Yeah. And that's why he's so attached to the Winslows too, because he doesn't have a loving family. So he's like... Oh, these people, they they provide what my blood doesn't provide. And then I, I give the big guy a heart attack. All the time. 
all the time. Every episode. All the time. So it's interesting that, uh, so Steve, he sits the dummy down. Uh, it's it's Halloween night. He's not going to do anything. The dummy that you said is incredibly accurate to his face and has the most forehead wrinkles of any doll, human, or dummy. What's so accurate about it is that it's wearing the exact same outfit that Steve is wearing <laughs> that day. Yeah. So did, I mean, like... So did Steve make his own clothes as well to be able to have the same exact fabric to make for the dummy? Are you posing that he made the dummy's clothes first and then went, I have to match the dummy? (laughs) Unless he just decided cool outfits and made life-size and dummy versions of them and said, when I I, uh, introduce the Winslows, my chosen family to this creation of mine, I'm going to make sure I'm wearing the exact same outfit. I've got a sadder uh, angle on it. He so desperately wants to have a baby with Laura that he's been buying baby clothes for a future baby Urkel. And he just has like all these little miniature versions of all of his clothes. So then he makes a... Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that he makes a, then makes adult versions of the baby clothes. Bit- I mean, either way. So... They look more like baby clothes than adult clothes. So he goes... He lays down to to bed. He's in one of those. Oh, they said it. They said what it was called. A Murphy bed. Murphy bed. Okay, that's and he, right. And they love Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, he has uh, like cutouts of Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman, which there is a Chicago Bulls trash can later on that you see like in the corner of the room. But okay. he he is with Eddie. So yeah. so they sleep in the same room. Yes, like. and yes. It, it it looks like at first I was like, well, I wonder if it's Eddie's, but if it's in the Murphy bed. Then it's like folded up most of the time, and that would only be like opened for someone who's gonna sleep in it, which I assume, unless that's just something that Eddie put in there. And then when his friend Waldo Faldo, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about Waldo Faldo. When when he would come and hang out, maybe that's where Waldo Faldo slept. Maybe so. And I'm gonna say this: those <laughs> Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman are up there only for the later bit. I guarantee you go back and look at any episode where that Murphy bed is open. There's no Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. Right well, there. and I made I made the note. I was like, Steve loves Michael Jordan and Dennis Did Rodman. Did you really write that? Yeah. Steve loves Jordan and Rodman. I wrote it right there. So he did have the same note. <laughs> and so Steve is, he's going to sleep. And there is, there's like a storm brewing outside and there's a bolt of lightning that we're supposed to believe went perfectly through the window, <laughs> the open window upstairs, and struck a piece of wood that yes. didn't burn, set on fire, split, or anything. <laughs> no. Nothing else in the, the chair that it was sitting on, which had a back, it somehow didn't go through. I mean, like it went through the chair, but it didn't affect the chair. Um, it burned nothing. Somehow it it brought life into the ventriloquist dummy. It brought life right after Steve Urkel had wished. I wish you could just talk. Oh, yeah, because he wasn't able to do it himself. Yeah. So we got like th- two major points now. Steve was upset he can't be a ventriloquist on his day, first day. Although he has manufactured an immaculate dummy. And two, now he has wished this dummy to talk. And it is... 
Jesus Christ, it's alive. <laughs> so it is brought to life with a lightning bolt. Steve's like, Mar! and gets up and he's like, I'm going to close the window. And But I have no idea that anything happened. Um, and then the dummy just kind of starts coming to life and uh, fucking with Steve. It moves. And he's just like, ah! And then all of a sudden it is talking to him. Because earlier he was like, He's like, oh, you got to come up with a scary voice. Like, rah, rah, rah. It wasn't scary. <laughs> he said, uh, I got, you got to come up. You got to come up with a goofy voice like this. And then he talks like normal. <laughs> it was weird. And then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually. Great joke, by the way. Fantastic uh, joke. Once, once full of them in this episode. The dummy starts speaking. It's actually voiced by someone named Richard Correll. Because I was curious who voiced him, and it's just someone who has like produced, directed, and worked on like a lot of TV shows. Gotcha. And he was involved in yeah, this episode. He's like, hey, yeah, it's very deep. I'm Steve. Yeah, oh my god, and it's ridiculous. And he, the he most just like unthreatening dummy out. at this point. Yeah, he he's, he's just like hachi tachi. How you doing? <laughs> he freaks out, and because this. Well, does he na- he names himself right? Because he's like, he's like you're evil, and he goes, "Hey, I like that." I'm gonna change my name to Stevel. So he becomes <laughs> Stevel, who shall go down in history as one of the top murderers of cinema. We got Freddy, we got Jason, we got Stevel. Fuck, who wins in a fight, Stevel or Chucky? I think that they both play dirty, so it's hard. Uh, I'm almost thinking Stevel because Stevel will kill everyone around you, not just you. Like he, There's nobody he, around Chucky. I'm saying someone that he would go after. He's not going to necessarily pick off their whole family first. Yeah, he's just going to go for that person. Chucky is, yeah. Yeah. Stevel will kill your whole fucking family. Yeah, but I'm saying it's well. a battle between Stevel and Chucky. Yeah, they're both evil. They're both fucked up. But I think if you put them together, I think that Stevel is a little <laughs> more evil because he's willing to go even further than Chucky. That's uh, Obviously, we need to watch the Child's Play movies because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He goes after all sorts of people around. <laughs> he travels like miles to kill this one guy. I'm not saying travel, but does he kill the whole guy's family first before killing him? He starts to, but he doesn't. He's not successful. So Steve would win in the fact that Steve is more successful than Chucky. Same angle, different results. Steve is definitely good, but. Steve seems so tame when he kills somebody. They just like disappear. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So Steve then like runs downstairs and he's like, oh, this dummy, blah, blah, blah. My my dummy came to life. But don't worry. I locked it in a box and, and like a trunk, which makes no sense, because if there's this evil dummy, I've never understood how Steve is able to like. How can Steve grab it and, and put it in a box if it's I thought the same evil? Thing. I thought the same thing. If it can... As we find out later, if it can like bust through walls and stuff, it really pick, like chooses when it wants to have strength. Like, yeah, it should be able to rip Steve's fucking head off. Yeah, and like throw it in a trash can. It should be able to throw it in that Chicago, Chicago Bulls, Bulls trash, trash can, can, which is right behind it. But when Steve 
it's gonna be hard to say this. When Steve wants to take over Steve, well, you're right. It's just he he just goes ah, and just grabs him. I guess as we see later. But when he's in the box, you have no idea. You didn't see any of that. Yeah. Last thing you saw was Steve will just going. <laughs> well, and there is a difference because we do need to mention that sometime, most of the time, it is an actual puppet that they have. Yeah. And sometimes it is an actual human being, but it seems like they try to use the human as absolutely little as possible. Like, oh, yeah. like unless Steve will has to like attack, like him just like walking was still just like a dummy. Like, yeah. Like, well, they knew it looked fucking bouncing. goofy. They knew everybody was just going to go, yep, now they changed to the little guy. But Steve, uh, he comes, he comes back upstairs and realizes that Steve has bust out. No one believes him. Everyone thinks he's crazy because he's talking about this dummy. Harriet's like, you need to go lie down. And then he goes upstairs. Yeah. And then, but I can't, I don't remember because. You're kind of mixing things up, so I'm letting you go. Like timelines. That makes sense. I usually do. This is a, I mean, this is like 20 minutes of shit that even (laughs) happened. But I know that like, see, I'm, I'm trying to get to where he runs in. He sees that Steve is Steve is gone, and then he starts taping up the door with regular masking tape, which I thought was interesting. Not masking, but <laughs> like scotch tape. Scotch tape, yeah. Here's here's the timeline. Steve wakes up. Steve becomes alive. Urkel goes downstairs with the dummy and says, "Look, he's alive." And then that's when the family is like, "Hey, you're crazy. You need to go rest." And then he goes up and it talks to him again and he puts it in the fucking box. Then he comes down and he tells Carl that he put it in a box. And then fucking Steve will bust out. And that he named a, himself. Yeah, and he, Steve will bust out and he takes out Eddie and he takes out the two boys. He, and when he takes out the two boys, it's fucking wild because he's basically running them over with a car. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. So we see that he pulls Eddie up the chimney, which is very odd. Yeah, and he just, he's like, But then we don't know where Santa? he is because he, he pulls him up and then Steve will like puts his head back down and he's like one down, like however many Five more to go. go. But like, what did he do with him? Did he just like pull him up and like throw him out the top and like. It's either that or as he grabbed him, he grabbed him in a way that as he lifted him, he broke his back backwards so he would fit into the chimney. And then he shimmied his way past him to look at us at the camera and say, one down, five to go. Yeah, we never, we don't know how Eddie actually dies. Inside the chimney. We just know that he's stuck in the the chimney. He's just bent in half going. (laughs) That's horrifying. As people were dying in this, I was imagining like, what's the really violent version of it? So we got that with Eddie and then he runs over those two children. So in my head, he's like. Fucking mows them down. I believe their names. I know it's um, Richie, but I believe 3J is his friend's name. Who is that? I I think it's just his friend. And that kid grew up a little more. And he was that So Raven's brother. Yeah, I I recognized him. I was like, that kid goes on to keep acting. But I couldn't. I remember who little Richie was, which, by the way, his mother makes no appearance in this episode. So I don't know if she's out of the show by now. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Aunt Rachel. Aunt Rachel. She's not in this at all. No. But, but she just lives. They all live together. Yeah, but little Richie's there. And so I imagine they just get dismembered as they get. I imagine he hit them and it, their faces got peeled off. Yeah, we cut. I mean, because they cut to him and the boys are just clearly being. They're 
being chased by a vehicle and they're on bicycles at night. <laughs> it's more because he's like, come on, pedal faster. <laughs> and I mean, and also you see nothing happen. So you just assume that, yes, I was the worst. He hit two children and killed them. He pinned them in between a brick wall and slowly crushed them. <laughs> Which is crazy because Steve will said, like, I'm going to kill the Winslows. Yeah. Steve will wants to take them out. Yes. Because he wants them all for himself. And so that's when he uh, comes back and then Steve will pops up because he sees the broken box. This is how we got to the broken box. And he's in the room now and he's like, I've been taking out the Winslows. That's how you got to that part. Sorry. I'm fine. Which is where we're at. This is like when he first finds out what he's doing to the Winslows. And we get like a a display of the ways that he's so killed the Winslows. He hears, is it that he hears uh, Laura asking for help? Is that what it was? Well, first he shows him the kids. They're, they have now taken over the faces of Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan. Yeah, he like put them in the walls. Put them in the wall or in my mind. Peeled their faces off and attached them to the poster. But they were talking to Steve and asking for help. They so were. It doesn't. None of but it makes physics sense. don't make sense for the rest of this. I mean, and uh, then you I, never see Eddie again. He's gone. You never see Eddie. We then do hear Steve refer to Steve as Satan's sock puppet, which I yeah, enjoyed yeah, yeah. very much. <laughs> so then that's when he goes downstairs and he's like, "Look in the cabinets." So he opens a top cabinet and Laura is clearly just standing behind a wall. Um, But then he opens two other cabinets and she has been cut into three pieces that are just in three different cabinets. And all still functioning, all functioning, no blood and and, making jokes. And um, he's still talking. And then he's like, where's Harriet? Because he's like calling for the family. And all of a sudden, there's a box on the table. Yeah, and that it's was like not a, there before. It's a jack-in-the-box box. And he, you know, does what you're supposed to do. And out pops Harriet's And they head. dance. They kind of dance. The the dummy dances way more. But Steve will still kind of dances as he's turning the crank. And it's like... But yeah. Up pops... What's her name? Harriet. So her head has been removed. She has had her head cut off. There's definitely been dismemberment. People have been cut yes, into pieces. It's, it's quite more when you think about it. So he's run over children. He's broken Eddie in half. He's dismembered Laura and shoved her in kitchen cabinets. And he's, and he's ripped cut off Harriet's head off and put it on a jack-in-the-box head. <laughs> and it talks. That's still funny because it still talks. And it's like, give me a bat. I'm going to knock this one. So, of course, Steve and steve are still going head-to-head. And once more, steve just loses all of his strength and Steve is able to grab him and throw him into the refrigerator. Yeah. Why is it that steve loses power all of a sudden? Do you think it's so that they can further the episode along? Maybe <laughs> because Steve is his creator that... Oh, I like that. He doesn't want to actually like hurt Steve because he wants to get the Winslow family out of the way so he can have Steve all to himself. And they can yeah. go on the road together. Yeah. So I think that maybe, I th- yeah, I think that when it comes to Steve, he's just kind of like. He's still got like an ultimate creator's power. He's like Geppetto. Yeah. It makes, sen- I, it makes the most sense out of any of it. You just, you know what? This is the best Halloween special of all time I found out. <laughs> it's official. It's official. It's evil. 
But he, this one, it, and then even more to the point of the selective strength, when he puts him in that fucking refrigerator, he burrows a hole through the refrigerator and the wall. And the wall behind it. Get, so, Which is where all of a sudden there's smoke. Why? Yeah, why was there smoke? I think it's because he broke the refrigerator going when electric he stuff. punched a hole through. I don't know what it's, happened. It's Freon or whatever. they The refrigerant <sighs> that they put in the tubes. Coolant. That actually makes sense. God damn. We are connecting dots that no one has <laughs> sat down to connect. We are traversing stars here. But we do... We do, uh, we find Carl. Carl's the only person who has not been messed with yet. He's just sitting there, hanging out. So Steve is just like, he bursts in the living room. Carl's just sitting on the couch reading a newspaper or some shit. And he's just like, wow, all this stuff, the dummy. He's done all this stuff and killed the family. And he's like, oh, Steve, whatever. And he's just kind of like, why are you not believing me? And then all of a sudden... You find out that uh, Stevel is behind Carl, and Carl is basically, he becomes like Stevel's dummy. Stevel has inserted his hand into Carl's spinal column and is puppeteering him with the nerves and spinal connective tissues. That makes sense because when he just like lays him down. He's just a sl- he just lumps over. He's a slump, and his eyes are open, and like everything is just as it was. Yes. <laughs> you know, like... Um, Killer, have you ever watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space with me? Yeah, I don't there, remember. There is a wonderful scene where they go in and it's a, a cop. It's the bad cop. Not the bad cop, but, you know, the cop that never believes things, you know, like when they come in and there's like, the clowns are taking it over. And they always say something like, yeah, I want you to tell Santa Claus or something like that. Um, it's him and he gets puppeteered by one of the clowns and it's really cool. Because it's creepy, and he's like, yes, Dave, I'm just here to kill you. Mm -hmm. And at the end, and I would have loved if they would have done this on Family Matters, and they would have never. You hear the clown, like, moves his arm, and you hear a... And then the guy falls over, and the clown's glove is all red with blood, and he, like, flicks it onto the ground, and you hear it splat onto the ground. So he was just shoving his fucking hand into his back. So that's all I could think of while Steve's doing this to Carl. That Carl's just being puppeteered by his spinal column. And we find out that the the reason why Steve is doing all of this, like I said, he want they want to he wants to travel on the road with Steve, but he wants like he wants to tour, but he wants Steve to be the dummy, and Steve will be the one in charge. So he's gonna do the same thing that he did to Carl, right? In so the spinal column. Maybe the whole like creator's power is like maybe he's becoming more powerful than it at this point because he's like, I'm going to control you. With each death of the Winslow family, he becomes he stronger. Strength. That's what it seems like. He's a monster. So I did look up. I, I made the note child or midget. And I know you're not supposed to say that word. It's little person or whatever. Which I find little person worse. I know I'm it not seems one, more I'm condescending. Not, yeah, you're a little person. I'm not sure they'd be called a midget, but I am not one. So I shouldn't have, uh, I don't really have a say in it. If Tootsie Rolls can switch <sighs> from midgets to midgies, and that's okay, then I'm going to say uh, midgy. So child or midgy, it turns out both. So I thought that 
in the because the, at the end they do that little the making mm-hmm. thing and i saw the person i was like is that a child yeah and a little person so that that was joshua ryan evans okay he was known for because as soon as i saw him i was like okay like i know him he was on the show passions okay. there, there was like an old witch lady who had this little doll who only she could have conversations with and he would talk to her and stuff but when other people were around what the fuck this doll, yeah. So it was like Steve. Essentially. So this actor, who he died when he was 20. Oh, that's sad. He was three foot two inches. What's his name? Joshua Ryan Evans. Joshua Ryan Evans. Died when he was 20? Died when he was 20. Yeah, I recognize that dude. Wasn't he like in Willow? Is he in Willow? With a... Uh... He's been in... He was in Baby Geniuses, which I've never seen and never had an interest. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, okay. He was in the movie with Jim Carrey. I'm thinking of a PT. The guy who played Leprechaun. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Dion War- Warwick. Dion Warwick. <laughs> is that not right? Dion Warwick is a like a musician. Oh, okay, it, it's something Warwick. That's Dion Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> What's fucking... Isn't it like... Hold on. It's not Dick Warlock. That's fucking the guy who played Michael Myers. I'm looking it up right now. It's Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. There you go. <laughs> Dion Warwick. <laughs> it's not Warwick Davis, isn't it? Isn't it Warwick? It's Warwick. There's a W there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Warwick, Warwick Davis. Davis. So I love that guy. So yeah, that kid was on Passions, and he was a child and a midgy. Um, and then... <laughs> so Steve loses his shit, and he just starts attacking steve As he should. He has killed his surrogate family. He has killed everyone around him who he loves, because obviously his parents don't love him, so I assume he doesn't love his parents. Um... <laughs> It'd be fun if he was like, not the Winslows, take my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, Steve starts flipping out. He starts dismembering steve pulling his head off, pulling his arms and all of it off. And then here... Completely dismembers him. And then we're going to get a little clip. The only clip I'm going to play from this episode okay. is what happens after he has just dismembered steve <laughs> the demon is dead. Are you playing more here? Right now, Steve's body is just coming back together. Okay. Now it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted like to get a little bit of that Steve voice in there. Good idea. I like to bring up there are so many horrible jokes in this. It's bad. It's, it's a really, really bad. bad episode. I laughed zero times. There was uh, incorrect. I laughed when uh, Steve or Steve said the demon is dead. I mean, I laughed That's at that point too, but I also didn't say you didn't laugh. I was talking about me. I said I didn't. You didn't and you're laugh. like, that's not true. I thought you laughed. I shut up. Podcast over. <laughs> You're a selfish asshole. I thought you laughed too, because it was funny. And you wrote it down. And you got the clip. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> but Steve's alive. He can't be killed. 
he can't be killed and Steve freaks out and then it turns out as he is screaming he and being is being strangled by Steve. He is holding he he is being awoken by Eddie who is actually just holding a pillow and freaking out and Steve was just sitting on the chair next to him and then he tells Eddie about what happened and Eddie's and the like worst. it's the it's the dream thing I fucking hate the dream thing the dream within a dream no I was I was gonna hold that off I was trying to make that a surprise I was just gonna say that dream stuff is bullshit anyway on anything Thing when they wake up and they're like, oh, it like was it's just, just a simple. dream. Yeah. It's too fucking easy. So then all of a sudden Eddie starts getting weird and he he's like, I'm going to like perform surgery on your brain. And then he grabs a an electric hand mixer <laughs> and just starts going at Steve's he, head. He was going to mix through his eyes and get to his brain. <laughs> and then Steve wakes up again. Again. And uh, explains it to Eddie, and um, it seems like everything's okay. And then he, they walk out of the room, and the last thing that you see is Stevel, and it, you kind of think like, "Oh, is he gonna like blink?" Or I is thought something for gonna sure happen? something was gonna happen. No, nothing happened. It was just all in his dreams. Bringing it back to reality, they probably don't want to scare kids. They have to be like, "No, see, it was just all a dream." And we they had to wrap it up in a short amount of time. And uh, so the the whole. The whole dream thing is fucking stupid. Of course it was going to be a dream thing, though. That's like the easiest sitcom way to get away with you mm-hmm. know, nonsense or an episode that doesn't fit the n- usual narrative or reality in general. But Jesus. So what we were used to is, I guess, the following year, because of those nightmares that happened, Steve doesn't want to fall asleep. That he's like avoiding it because he doesn't want to have that nightmare again. So he thinks on Halloween it's gonna guaranteed be a Steve. Uh huh. Every Halloween is a Steve nightmare, but he falls asleep. Uh huh. I'm sure since we get Steve. And then we get a, we got a part two the following year, but we didn't watch that, and that was the one that I I didn't know if it was necessarily gonna be that one. I just thought it was gonna be better than what it was. This was Nightmare on Elm Street and Child's Play mixed together. I just realized. Was he's it? having a nightmare? being terrorized by Chucky, basically. Okay. So that is the episode. Nothing? <laughs> what? You're just like, okay, move on. I mean you said your opinion. I'm not I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to dissect your opinions. Okay. Move on. I'm just letting you have your opinion. So that is the episode. It is time to rate how many scaredy cats we each believe that the episode Stevel of Family Matters deserves. Jesus Christ. What did I give uh, Paul Lind? Seven. I gave Seven? it six. I am personally... I, I'm going to say I would not recommend watching this Stevel episode. I would recommend the second one, but because I still have like a piece of... like I'm always going to... Uh, I can't find the word. Um, it's always, fuck, I don't know. Like, it's always going to appeal to me. It's always going to be some sort of like nostalgic pull that I have with this show. So I can't say that you should like never, like no one should ever see it. But I, I think I'm going with two scaredy cats. I almost think that's too much though. I don't know. If I gave Paul in six and gave this two. It puts you in a situation where you're like. Does that mean I have to raise the Paul Lynn episode now? I don't know, but because I... Because I'm afraid of what 
It's like at the end, we're going to find out that like Paul Lind was the best. And I'm like, fuck, that should have been the 10. That is definitely not going to be. <laughs> I, I mean, we have what I would consider. I saved the best for last. Okay. So I don't think that's going to be the you case. You went two scaredy cats. I went two scaredy cats for I'm going to join you in the two scaredy cats All right. range. <clears throat> I think that's... I just... I got to give it two only because I... Steve Urkel's on the screen. I'm watching no matter what. I just enjoy Steve Urkel. I like Carl. I still kind of like the sensibility of it because I enjoy the show, but that is like yeah, it was it was way not a good episode. It was horrible. It was bad. It was a uh, yeah. No, it was not no enjoyable. Good. No good. All right. It was Steve horrid. Okay. Go away. Family matters. Halloween. Well, that was episode two of our Couple of Critics podcast Halloween special special. <laughs> good job. Good job. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here, I guess. We are done. We will see you for night three. And we're not going to tell you what it is, so you'll just have to come back. Bye. Chain sounds. Uh, wrecking balls. <laughs> <laughs>